Good morning. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Excel Church. My name is Pastor Alicia, and I'm so glad that you were able to join us on this morning. I see we are full house this morning. Good morning, Mark. Good morning to all the other visitors that are here. Good morning, Evangelist Sharon. Good morning, good morning Minister Charmaine. I saw so many people this morning. So Dana, Amber, everybody in the house this morning. Good morning. I am so glad that you made it a priority as we are redeeming our time to start your week off in the word. And so if I missed you because I don't see you in the comments, go ahead and just say something in the comments. I'll be sure uh, to acknowledge you as we are live uh, this morning um, to receive the word. So anybody ready to get into the word? I'm ready to get into this word. This series is going to really be impactful for you um, as you really try to get what um, the word of God has to say about this situation. The word is able to speak to every situation if we look to the word. So I hope I have some good note takers with me this morning who will drop notes in the chat, in the comments as we are going on and um, help everybody to keep track because I know some of us, I, I, sometimes I'm going a little fast and somebody might miss a point, but thank God for my note takers this morning and uh Thank you for those who are going to help us and keep record of what we are covering on this morning. So we're going to be coming out of uh, the book of Philippians, the, uh, the book of Psalm and Matthew and Luke. So if you want to start tagging those chapters in your Bible, uh, we'll look at those scriptures um, on this morning. But we are still looking to the life of Christ uh, for time management principles. And we noticed, uh, and we will notice as we go through today's lesson, that Jesus always ensured that his yes meant yes. And that was from the smallest to the biggest commandments, commitments. And so today I want us to see how we can do that, as well as how we can fight out and block out the noise and create room for silence so we can hear from God and um, be a part of what he wants to do uh, through us and in our lives. So we're going to look at that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for each and every person that you have led to be a part of this service with Excel Church. God, I thank you that as I minister your word, that you will speak to their heart and their mind. I thank you, Father God, that they will not just be hearers of your word, but they will be doers also, and that this word will take root and manifest in their life. These blessings I ask in your holy and sacred name. Amen. All right. So last week, we started this five-week series entitled Redeeming Your Time. Somebody go ahead and put that in the comments for me. Redeeming Your Time. And just a quick recap, because I know we've got some people here this week that weren't here last week, and I don't want you to feel like you're behind in any way. So, we looked in Ephesians chapter 5. We looked at verses 15 through 17. Somebody put that in the comments for me. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. 15 through 17. And God commands us there to redeem the time. Why? Why redeem the time? So we can do the will of the Lord. So we know that um, God does care 
about how we use our time, how we manage our time. And so how do we do it? Now that we know that God cares about it, how do we do it? How do we redeem the time? That's what we've been discussing. That's what we'll be covering for these five weeks. And more importantly, where do we find an example? And so like everything else in our lives, we found that we can find an example in the word of God and even in the life of Jesus Christ. So we are looking about looking at that. And last week we talked about how um, Jesus can help us with managing our time well. And, um, you know, even though he didn't have a smartphone and he didn't have emails pinging him all day, every day, we saw that he still had challenges and competition for his time. And so I, I, I like to give you a couple examples. Hebrews chapter four, verse 15 reminded us, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. In the person of Jesus, the word became flesh, ensuring that he could empathize with all of our weaknesses, including our efforts to redeem the time. And so we saw some examples, uh, Mark 5, chapter 21 through 34. Mark 5, uh, verses 21 through 34, I meant. Uh, Jesus is going to heal Jairus's daughter when he is distracted by the woman grasping his cloak. Um, another example we saw, Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. Jesus was teaching in a house full of people. And a sick man was dropped through the roof so that Jesus could heal him. And, you know, I know we have a lot of competition for our time, but I don't think we have people pulling at our cloak and dropping through the roof asking for us to heal them. He was constantly being tugged at. He was constantly being pulled at. And yet Jesus still found a way to pull away and spend time with the father. And so he did have the challenge of time management and he gave us some principles that if we look at the word, we'll be able to see. So last week we saw the first of the seven principles that we're going to be covering. And the first principle that we got last week that you can put it in the comments for those who missed us last week is he started with the word. Number one, he started with the word, prioritizing his time with the father above all else. And so we really had to reflect upon that. I hope you reflected upon that over the last week about how I know we're all challenged with time. We have all these commitments. You know, I, I have some friends that I know that they're really overextended. They have commitments, you know, in their church, commitment in their families, commitments on their job, commitments in their uh, social service organizations, you know, commitments for the board and their HOA, just commitment after commitment after commitment. And if we're not careful, we can find ourselves committed to everybody but God. Amen. Amen. We can find ourselves making all these commitments to all these people who are demanding our time. And then at the end of the day, we are completely depleted where we don't have the spiritual wherewithal to stand, where we start to find ourselves subject to demonic attack because we are not 
completely guarded in the whole armor of God. But we spent time doing everything else, but we didn't put on the armor of God. So we're going to reverse that. Amen. We are going to continue on in our strategies because we're getting our life back in 2022. <laughs> we are getting our life back and we're going to live our best life, our absolute best life. And I'm just so proud of myself because, you know, I am practicing what I have been preaching and God has been teaching me these principles and I've been applying them in my own life. And I'm so happy to find that balance. I'm so happy. People always say, oh, Pastor Alicia, how do you do all that you do? Well, you need to be tuned into these uh, these five weeks because I'm telling you, this is what I do. This is what the Holy Spirit has revealed. And I, I promise it's going to bless your life as you begin to apply these practices to your own life. All right. So here is principle number two. This is what we're going to start with today. Principle number two. Are you ready for it? All right. Let your yes be yes. Somebody put that down. Let your yes be yes. To redeem our time and the model of our Redeemer, we must ensure that our yes is yes from the smallest to the biggest commitments that we make. So I'm going to define a new principle for you, um, a new term really called the open loop. Somebody say that for me. Open loop. An open loop. Let me tell you what it is. It's a commitment that you've made to yourself or to others, big or small. All right. So if I'm on the call with you and I say, all right, well, I'll send you the, the link to that book as soon as we get off. Uh, I've made a commitment to you. This is an open loop. We all have open loops and unfortunately missed commitments. We've told a friend that we would come to their event and then the day of the event has arrived and we completely forgot. Or you promised your boss that you would send that draft proposal by Wednesday, but then things came up and you weren't able to do it as you had promised. So in isolation, these don't, these little isolated incidents don't seem like that big of a deal. However, failing to do the things that you say you're going to do is a much bigger deal than just letting something slip through the cracks. It's a matter of trust. You can say that it's a matter of trust. And because it's a matter of trust, the stress <laughs> that open loops cause or should cause, and in my experience do, often affect us as believers in significant and negative ways. All right. So why? Because Jesus commanded that our yes be yes, plain and simple. He said, let Matthew chapter five, verse 37, he said, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Did you catch that? It is a commandment 
let your yes be yes and your no be no. And it's, it's interesting because I remember I was thinking about this earlier. When I first came to Christ, I remember it in the church, I used to hear this one term all the time and I was just like, oh, they are so deep. Just say yes or no. But I would ask someone something and they would say, you know, the Lord willing, I'll be there. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, are you coming or are you not coming? Yes or no. But as I grew in Christ, nobody had to give me a memo about it. I just began to become more careful about what I said yes to as well. And my children will tell you, maybe is one of my favorite words because I understand this principle and I don't want to tell you yes, but then it turns out I really can't do what I said yes to. So I will say maybe in a heartbeat rather than be in violation of a principle that is very important, that my yes means yes, that you can count on me. And my children will tell you, you know, if mommy say yes, it's, it's, it's a done deal. My word is my bond. So do you make your yes your yes? Can people depend on you? When you say yes, do they know like, come on, it's coming through? Because this person is someone who strives to follow the word of God. And then if they say yes, they mean yes. Um, Jen Wilkins stated it so eloquently in her book, in his image, do we Christians do what we say we will do? Do we let our yes be yes and our no be no? Ultimately, every act of faithfulness toward others is an act of faithfulness towards God himself. Though others may make commitments they have little intentions of keeping the children of God. Somebody say the children of God strive to prove that their word is their bond. They do so not to win the trust or approval of others, but because they long to be like Christ. Can I get a witness this morning? They long to hear with their ears well done, good and faithful servant. Yes, I see you plain and simple, Amber. Evangelist said, Lord, I commit to follow you all the days of my life. No matter what it looks like, our word is our bond, integrity. That's it. That's it. That's it. Minister Charmaine said that is so good. In addition to being a command of Jesus, listen to this. When we fail to keep commitments, or in other words, close our open loops, guess what else? We feel the anxiety and the stress of that. This is backed by science and scripture. So I'm going to give you the science of it first. I won't bore you with all the details, but I got to share a little bit of what I found with you. There is a scientific term called the Ziognik effect which is essentially what happens when you hear a song and that song gets stuck in your mind and you find yourself singing it all day long. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't get this song out of my mind. I don't know if you maybe even heard a commercial and that commercial has a jingle. And the next thing you know, you're stuck singing this jingle and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't get this out of my mind. And it keeps playing. Now that is the way it, the effect works. But I want you to see how it works when it comes to these open loops. It works in a very negative way 
because the same way that song keeps playing over and over again in your mind, and that's annoying, but it's not that big of a deal. When you apply the same principle to the open loops, how many of you want to guess what happens? Yep. Those tasks that you have not finished, those commitments that you have not fulfilled, they keep playing over and over and that increases your anxiety and it decreases your ability to focus because you're focused on all the things that you still have not done. Can I get a witness this morning? <laughs> yes. Yes. So when you forget to pick up your purse, yes, yes. Mark said, I have been dealing with this for years. That's all right. We're about to get to the solution. Be excited. The solution is on the way. The size of the commitment is absolutely irrelevant. As the brain science makes it clear, we are not expected and we were not designed to hold that much information. And so your short-term memory can only hold about three or four things at a time. So if I say that I'm going to do something and I fail to write that down, and of course some of us do, then our stress and our anxiety will continue to build. Stress comes from unkept agreements with yourself and others. Did you catch that? Stress comes from unkept agreements with yourself and others. There is good news. Science shows that we don't actually have to close the loop in order to have this peace that we're looking for. We don't actually have to close our open loops in order for our brains to let them go. We simply have to place these open loops in a trusted system outside of our minds. Did you catch that, Mark? We have to put the open loop in a trusted system outside of our mind in order to be able to let it go. I'm telling you, this is going to free you like never before. Um, one of the things that I winded up doing and, and I, I make it a practice with my team, you know, when I'm working with my husband, when I'm working with my assistant, when I'm working with anybody, we put things into this reminder system that I have because it, it allows me to unload my mind and I'm able to say, okay, I, I don't have to remember this anymore because now I've, I've charged that to this system. It's a little thing in my phone. I put it in there as a something that has to be completed as a task. If it is time sensitive, I go ahead and I attach a time to it. And then my phone is to alert me. Hey, it's time to turn this report in. Hey, you got to be at this meeting tomorrow. Hey, you need to do this. And the stress that has been relieved. You don't even have to have a system that's sophisticated. I know many people who are old school with a planner and a piece of pen and a, and a pen and they write everything down. They, um, you know, write, they have immaculately put down what they have to do, what their to-do list is. Um, I remember I used to work with one lady. She was a manager um, in, in an organization I um, had established, and she had a wonderful system. She used to come in every day, and she had printed out 
to-do list. And every morning she would just dump her mind of what she needed to get done. Um, I have also used my journal for this before I'm like trying to lay down to go to sleep because I'm that person that I would not be able to sleep until I unloaded what was on my mind because my mind will just keep playing it. Like, oh, you know, you got to do this tomorrow. And oh, don't forget on Tuesday, you got to do this. And so my mind will just keep turning and turning. Meanwhile, Pastor Charles asleep. <laughs> and my mind will just keep going. And I'm like, oh, I know what to do. Get up, write it down. Just write it down so that your mind knows, I got this. We, we got this. You can stop telling me now. It's, it's in the trusted system. <laughs> Amen. Amen. He said, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Mark said, I like my system. Leave my chaos alone, Pastor Alicia. All right. I, hey, listen, if it works for you, it works for you. But for the rest of you, if you can put it on a to-do list, if you can put it in a post-it note, if you can set an alarm on your phone, or as I said, even if you want to use a sophisticated system, the method does not matter. It just matters that you have some sort of system to track your open loops, okay? You have to have some kind of system to track your open loops. All right, let me see what you all are saying. I see some, I see some comments here. Hey, yes, yes. Evangelist said, that's why we read the word of God daily so that his word plays over and over. Yes, that's good. That's good. Use that effect, evangelist, to play the word in your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Organizing, being faithful. Yes, yes. That's a great. Okay. All right. Write it down. So y'all catching it. Y'all catching it. Y'all catching it. Minister Charmaine says she still uh, journals. That really helps. All right. So now that we know that we are essentially brain scientists now, right? And we see all of this about what is scientifically proven. Let's go to the word. All right. So look into the word with me. Let's go to Philippians chapter four. I already told you we would be looking there. So you're probably there. So I'm just going to go ahead and plow right through this with verses six and seven to see what the word says. Now, surely the word open loop is not in the Bible, but we're going to look at what we can see as far as this connection and how uh, in this scripture, Paul addresses it. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All right. So y'all need to bookmark that. You need to memorize that. You need to put a pen in that, take your highlighter and your Bible, highlight that because this is the key. And let's break it down. Paul is saying that part of the solution to our anxiety and our stress, Sororidana, is clearing our minds. So we talked about clearing our minds by writing it down. But here the scripture is telling us, and 
When you have something that's weighing on you, take it to God. Make your request known to God. We talked about putting things down in a trusted system. What's a more trusted system than taking your petition to the Lord in prayer? That's how you know something's going to get handled. Amen? Amen. So there you go. We need to let our yes be yes in order to follow God's command and example and to reduce our anxiety and stress. And speaking of stress and anxiety, that leads me to the third principle that we need to redeem our time. Our time and model of our redeemer. And that is number three, descent from the kingdom of noise. Descent from the kingdom of noise. To redeem our time in the model of our redeemer, we must fight, fight to block out noise and create room for silence, for stillness and reflection. Now, if you've ever read the book uh, Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, there's a little um, phrase that was coined there, and that was the kingdom of noise. We live in a time of unprecedented noise. Can I get any witnesses with that? And I'm not just referring to the obnoxious noise of, um, you know, the news and entertainment and um, the buzzing of the devices in our pockets nonstop on our on our wrist now, um, just shackled with information overload. Um, I, I I really began to think sometimes it's not that things are happening more now. It's just that we're more aware of it now because there's so much information sharing, whether it's Google or whether it's your Facebook feed. There's just constant nonstop noise. If you've ever tried to sit down and pray or even just sit still for a minute and your mind was constantly wandering, then I think you know a little bit about what I'm talking about. How does all this noise relate at all to the issue that we're talking about with the time management? Well, it does in five ways. So I want you to be able to take these notes here. All of this noise, it limits our ability to redeem our time. Number one, noise limits our ability to think. It limits our ability to think. When our minds are filled with noise, there's simply no mental space left to think. And if we can't think clearly, we can't prioritize the to-do list, as we were saying. We can't effectively engage with God's work. My thing is you can't really hear God because you, there's so much noise that is, is taking precedence that is competing with the voice of God. So good work requires good thought and good thought requires great solitude. That means we have to be able to be quiet and still long enough to hear from God. Number two, noise limits our ability to be creative. It, it, we're, we're too busy doing something in order for that creative juice to begin to flow. And if we don't have the space to work out our God-given gift of creativity, 
it will be far more difficult to be productive. And I have found that in my own life. One of the things that I'm responsible for doing right now, hopefully not forever, uh, but I am the lead content contributor for our social media. And a lot of times I'm so busy with all the other things that I have to do, my creative juices are like tapped out. You have to figure out how you can be still long enough to be creative so you can have ideas because we always pray. I know I always pray for witty ideas and creative inventions. And those are things that God will be able to download and speak to you as you're still. Number three, noise limits our ability to cultivate depth. It limits our ability to cultivate depth. He didn't design our minds merely to receive information. And so he created us to think about and make creative connections. Somebody say creative connections. And if we fail to make the time to do this, you know what happens? What happens is when we're supposed to be present with our spouse or present with our children or present in some other circumstance with other people, our minds begin to wander. And then we find ourselves being physically present, but mentally a million miles away. Has that ever happened to you where you're physically somewhere, but your mind is somewhere else? You are, you're thinking about something else. That's an example of your mind not having the space to develop and to, to, to do the things that God is trying to do. And so your mind is going into two different directions. Number four, noise limits our ability to be at peace. Thank you, Evangelist, for putting all the notes in here. Noise limits our ability to be at peace. We can go back to what Paul says in Philippians, because this time we're going to add one more verse. We're going to read one more verse that we didn't read before. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now hear this last piece though. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, I'm guessing that you probably were familiar with the first part of that scripture and maybe not the last. And we have to get it all. Paul is saying we shouldn't be anxious and instead we should present our problems to God and he then says, not only will we then have peace, because most people stop there, but if you keep reading, you will see what he tells us we should be thinking about. What is true? What is right? What is pure? What is noble? I, I remember in the scripture, in the version I learned of good rapport. Why does Paul make this list? Because it is also part of the solution 
to our anxiety. And it is found in what we're choosing to think about. We are choosing to think about certain things. And this is the list that we've been given of what we should be thinking about. Everything else, remember, we wrote it down. We either put it in our planner or something we need to do later. Or we either put it in our prayer journal and we made a petition to God. Give me a second for me drink some water real quick. We either bring it to God and we make that petition known to God. And so now we, that's another thing we didn't took off of our list. So the only thing we should be thinking about now, Paul gives us in this list. And if we apply this, this is why I prayed at the beginning of our time together that we would not just be hearers of the word, that you would not just be like, oh yeah, that was a good sermon, Pastor Alicia. And then go on back to letting your mind do whatever it feels like doing. You know, we put our bodies on diets. How about we put our mind on a diet? How about we restrict what we intake into our mind the same way we know how to, you know, restrict what we intake in our bodies. Oh, I'm not doing carbs. Oh, I don't eat bread. Oh, I don't eat pork. Well, what if we did that with our minds? Can I get an amen? What if we told our minds, oh, I don't do negativity. <laughs> I'm only thinking of these things that is true and noble and right and pure and lovely. And so when that, that information starts coming, that does not fit within that category. Oh no, I don't know. I don't, I don't, my mind doesn't eat that. We're on a diet. We're not doing that. Amen. So the last of the five is noise limits our ability to listen to God's voice. The ability to listen to God's voice. A pastor once said, the noise of the modern world makes us deaf to the voice of God, drowning out the one input we most need. That one stings, right? Noise is an intentional part of the enemy's plan to keep us from redeeming the time. This is a part, this is a design of the enemy. It's a design to keep you so busy. Even if you're so busy, I have to remind myself, even if you're busy doing God's work, those are the ones that are the trickiest. Because, you know, you might be, you know, the lead usher and you may be the head of the choir and you may be a deacon and an elder and a this and a that. And you think you're doing something wonderful. And you are. Don't get me wrong. Because you're doing a million things for God. But if you're still not spending your personal time with God, you're, you're, you still missed a very big part of this equation to be able to redeem the time so that God can use you and speak to you and reveal to you and do things mightily for your glory, for his glory. So if we're not listening, we're going to miss that. We're going to just do the things that we know to do. We're going to do the things that we've been doing. We're going to do things that are routine, do things that are habit, but there may be something God wants to do outside of your habit, outside of your routine. There may be ways that he wants to use you that you have got to spend time in order to know. And it, it may not even be so much use you like you're thinking like, oh, I got to go build a homeless shelter. No, I mean, use you in a way where there just may be somebody in your life that needs to hear a word. 
It may be um, somebody on your job or somebody in your household. It may be somebody who you are in immediate connection with who's praying and asking God for answers. And he may just give you the word and you don't even think you're saying anything. It's not like you're coming to them like thus says the Lord. No, you're just conversating with them. You're just casually talking with them. But because you spend time with God, the Holy Spirit is moving through you and you're speaking. You don't even know you're ministering. And that person is just like, you know what? That really blessed me. That That's what I needed to hear. I can't tell you how many times I've just been thinking I'm just chit-chatting with somebody. And next thing I know, they, they're grabbing tissues and they're going like this. And I'm like, did I say something? And they're like, no, you're fine. You know, the Lord just used you. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> when I'm looking at you all. Yes, protect your mind. Yes, I see you all. I see your comments. Jesus is our model. Yes. All of those attributes belong to Jesus. That's good, evangelist. Yes. All right, Mark. I see you, Dana. And so as we look at that and we look at the most important thing, I want you to catch this as we close because I see I'm out of time. The problem is less about what noise we allow into our minds and more about what noise we are keeping out. So as we were saying, keeping out our even our own thoughts, so that we can have the ability to hear God's thoughts. See, sometimes we feed ourselves thoughts. Uh, I call these things limiting beliefs. Things we tell ourselves that, oh, I can't do this because of this. Or, oh, I'm not good at this. I, it hurts my heart. Even when I hear my children say this, oh, I'm dumb. Or I'm stupid. Or, oh, this is so, I'm so bad at math. Or, you know, they say things because it's what they think. But when you start planting those thoughts in your mind, it's going to be harder for you to receive the true thought. What? Well, you know, let me stop you. What did God say that about you? Well, then don't speak that over your life. I, I'm very serious about that. And we talked about that last week about the self-fulfilling prophecies. And I just wish the people of God would become so concerned about the words that you speak, especially concerning yourself and your family and the things that are important to you because your words have so much power. And when you put that out into the atmosphere, like I said, the enemy is a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And when you put that out into the atmosphere and then he's like, oh, okay, I got you. So you, we in agreement. Do you want to be in agreement with the enemy or do you want to be in agreement with God? Because if you want to be in agreement with God, then you need to speak what the Lord says about you. You don't speak those, you don't do that negative self-talk. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. That's a whole nother subject. Okay. Let me finish up. Let me finish up. Let me finish up. Thank you, Jesus. When we read and study God's word, we hear his voice, but it takes silence and reflection to listen to his voice and connect his word to our lives. Did you catch that? It takes that silence and that reflection to be able to make the connection because otherwise you could just read, 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 and you don't even see that he's talking to you, that that applies to you, that that's an answer to your prayer, that that relates to something that you're dealing with, that you need to connect the dots, amen, and apply that in your life. Silence, stillness, solitude, reflection. Somebody put that in there for me. Silence, 
like not doing anything, solitude, reflection. If you were to just look in the Gospels at the number of times that Jesus withdrew to a solitary place, it's staggering. It really is. In the third Gospel alone, Luke mentions Jesus' love of lonely places. See, some of us don't like to be alone. Some of us don't like ourselves. We don't want to be alone with ourselves. Jesus mentions his love of lonely places three times in just one and a half chapters. If you look in Luke chapter four, verse 42, chapter five, verse 15, and chapter six, verse 12. But my favorite mention of Jesus' pursuit of solitude is when he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place to get away from the crowds. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? That was in Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. Jesus got on a boat and was like, I'm out of here. I, I need to be able to spend time with my father. And this was so freeing to me. This was so freeing to me. Don't get any ideas because I know y'all like, yep, that's why I'm taking my cruise. I'm about to be like Jesus on the boat. Listen, you can get on the cruise if you want to, but I don't care how you do it. If you just spend a little bit of time at the lake, that's my, my thing. I like to be by the water. If you get in your prayer closet, if you just spend some time, it doesn't matter where you go, how you do it, but you have to withdraw from the crowd. Turn off the TV. Silence your phone. I promise you live. I promise you live. Pastor Alicia is not trying to kill you. You will live. Turn off the phone <laughs> just for a few minutes. Get quiet. Get still. Because this is what you're going to find out. They don't have the answer. They don't. Whatever it is you've been crying out to God about, whatever it is you've been praying about, whatever thing that's been concerning you, the answer is probably not in your Instagram feed. So go ahead and turn the phone off for just a minute so we can get quiet and get before the Lord and hear what he is trying to say to you about your situation. The busier Jesus got, the more it appears he sought out silence. Luke 5, 15 and 16 says that as the news about him spread all the more, Jesus, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So are we going to make a commitment to do that this week as we close? Yes, retreat, retreat. Retreat. Yes, y'all got it. Mark, you got it. Sora Dana, you got it. Evangelist Sharon, you got it. Minister Charmaine, y'all hung in there to make sure you got it. I know some of them, they had to go, but I, I see you hung on there, in there to get this word so you could apply it in your life. So let's go ahead and close with this summary. Principle one, you start with the word. Principle number two, let your yes be yes. And principle number three, descent from the kingdom of noise. Now we've only scratched the surface. Remember this is a five week study. So we're going to take a little bit more next week. 
But I want you to remember that Jesus offers us peace before we do anything. And it is because of this love. He's not going to love you any less if you don't master all these principles. None of these are rules. None of these are requirements. But because we love him and we want to be good stewards over our time and we want to grow in our relationship with him. These are just some things that we can do in order to make that possible. All right. So I'm going to pray over the message that you received today. And I'm going to pray that this message really takes root in your heart. God, I thank you. I thank you, oh God, for each and every person who received your word. And I know your word was intentional. And I know it may not have been magnetic and spectacular and with bells and whistles, but I know that your word was meaty and is intended to help someone get victory in every area of their lives. The devil will no longer steal their peace. We come against the devil stealing their joy. We come against the devil speaking into their mind freely and having their way. And we bind it in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you that they are taking captivity of their thoughts. Even as we pray right now, I thank you that they begin to think on you and that when the enemy comes and tries to bring forth fear and tries to bring forth worry and doubt and stress and anxiety, I thank you, oh God, that you have armed them with your word, that they know that they can put on your peace. I thank you, oh God, that they know that they can come to you in prayer. I thank you, Father God, that you have reminded them, even those who know your word, but that who have begun to fall back into old habits, that they will be reminded that they can come to you in prayer. Oh God, I thank you that you will give us that, that knowledge that we can come and we can begin to just lay our requests our petitions, our worries, our concerns at your feet and that you are well able to handle them, oh God, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or even think to ask as we obey you and as we trust you and as we cast our cares upon you. Oh God, I thank you for the practical tips that you've given us and how we can unload our minds so that we can have rest at night. Oh God, so that we can begin to be productive in the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you for every tip and every tool that you have given us so that we can redeem our time. We can reorganize our time so that we can stop having the excuse that we didn't have time to read our Bibles, time to pray, time to spend with you. Oh God, we're redeeming our time. We're reorganizing our time. We're pre-prioritizing our time. God, we put you at the top. We put you first, oh God. We won't bring you our sloppy leftovers of our tired day. God, we thank you, God, that we are rearranging our priorities, that spending time with you would be the most important thing to us, to get that clarity, to get direction, to grow in our relationship with you. God, we thank you for that. We thank you for how your word helps us to accomplish that. And we thank you for this time that you spoke to us. We give you the praise and we give you the honor and we give you the glory in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I, I'm so glad we got to spend this time together. Hi, Sora Kathy. <laughs> oh, God bless you. I pray the word blessed you. And I pray that you are able to come and join us for the rest of the series as we continue to discover these principles and apply the word of God to every area of our life. Amen.